Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Barbara, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. You went to Michigan? Uh, yes, I did. My granddaughter went there. Oh, I loved it. Did she like it or did she like it? Oh, she loved it. Yes. Graduated, no, would... graduated two years ago, but unfortunately because of COVID, she didn't have a graduation. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, no, I heard the kids. I still am really in touch with a lot of the... <clears throat> I do things with their student newspaper back there and... I mean, I had, there was one female sports writer I was talking to, she just started crying on the phone. You know what (laughs) I mean? I felt so terrible. I felt so terrible for what those kids went through. Yeah, stand by, we're getting ready to go. Mm -hmm. Hi everybody, welcome to Howard David Live. Getting ready to take a bite of the Big Apple with Barbara Barker of New York Newsday. Just comparing notes. Uh, we have something in common. She went to Michigan. My granddaughter went to Michigan. So, And I have to tell you, Barbara, of all the games I've ever done in my life, that was the loudest stadium I have ever been in for Ohio State, Michigan. That place is nuts. <laughs> it, um, it's, it's hard to explain to people that aren't from there. I grew up in Ohio, but on the border of... I always loved Michigan, but my town was like a town divided. And I mean, it is like a crazy rivalry. It's, I mean, you know, the big house has like 100,000 plus people in it, and it's nuts. Uh, it is. And you went to um, Northwestern also? I did. I went there to graduate school. But I mean, Michigan was where I went. I mean, I, I became a sports writer because of Michigan football. I was on the, I was on the newspaper, you know, and I could have covered like uh, city council meetings or, or, or whatever, student council meetings, or like uh, Big Ten football. I was like, I want to do that. You know? <laughs> so. I remember doing a, a game, a bowl game, the Holiday Bowl. Michigan played Brigham Young. When Brigham Young was unbeaten, you might remember that game. Um, Mich- so who was we, the quarterback for Brigham Young? Uh, Robbie Bosco. Okay, all right. All Robbie right. Bosco. I, I vaguely remember. All right. Yeah, so we had a meeting the day before with um, Lavelle Edwards, who was the coach of Brigham Young. And then we went over to the hotel where Michigan was staying. And the PR guy uh, was a guy that I knew, John Umedic said that uh, Bo Schembechler Bo did not want to meet with us. I said, why is that? He said, because he doesn't like Paul McGuire, who was my partner. <laughs> so, he, was, he wasn't the most charming man. I mean, it's, I've gone up against my family who worships him. I mean, because other people went to Michigan in my family, and I was I, he was not my favorite to cover. Well, I, I got to sure. tell you, <clears throat> we come on the air. And it's a split screen. They got Lavelle Edwards on one side, Bo Schembechler on the other. And so I said, we met with Lavelle Edwards yesterday, and he told us this, 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 and this. Uh, we try to meet with Bo Schembechler on the right, 
but he refused to meet with us. Well, you <laughs> you can you can only imagine how much hate mail I got for saying something negative about the coach at Michigan. Uh, I totally know. No, the people are crazy, and especially about. I mean, that that was extreme hero worship, you know. So I mean, it, no, it really it really was, and to cover that team critically was very difficult. So but, yesterday, uh, I mean, the people are crazy. Yeah, yesterday you had nothing to do, so you covered um, Sean Marks' press briefing. Uh, was um, uh, Steve Nash there as well? Steve Nash was there as well. I mean, he did. It was mostly, you know. You know, Steve said a few things, but it was mostly Sean's show, you know. But Steve Nash was there. So, I mean, well, one big takeaway is Steve Nash is going to remain there. I mean, that wasn't even discussed. So, by Steve, you know, there was some talk. You know, people did not like the way he coached. But, you know, he, I mean, in, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Steve was there, and it, it, he remains there in the foreseeable future. Well, Sean Marks... <clears throat> Uh, it took a direct shot across the bow in the direction of Kyrie Irving. Uh, it was asked about, yeah, look, he said he doesn't want anybody, doesn't want to be part of the team, and so on and so on and so on. But, Barbara, you know this. You've been around sports long enough to know that Kyrie Irving dances to his own tune. And, and that's it. You don't want to Look, he was a pain in the butt at Cleveland, same thing in Boston, and the same thing in Brooklyn. I mean, it's, I really do think that, I mean, first of all, you can't turn down, they have him because of Kevin Durant, and you can't turn down an offer from Kevin Durant to come to your team, all right? They probably did some recognizance on it when this was going on, maybe, you know, asked, you know, people in Boston, asked people in Cleveland, and probably heard what a pain he was, and they probably figured, well, how bad can it be, all right? Now they're finding out just how bad it can be, all right? And it's... I mean, it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, you know, they came out and said the right things yesterday, but you know what? They tried to strong arm in the beginning of last year, and then they backed down, all right? So I, I don't really know what can, you know, what can, what can be done because also, you know, you know money-wise, it probably makes sense to bring them back. But so I don't know. Can you change somebody? I don't think this guy is changeable he he does not i mean he thinks he, he thinks there's things in life bigger than basketball all right and there are things in life bigger than basketball but probably you don't tell your employer that and miss a bunch of games and oh gosh i, I don't know it's it's a difficult situation uh he's due uh, he's got a player option for 36 and a half million for this year yeah. or he can opt out and become a free agent or he can sign a four-year, $185 million extension. Which direction do you think this is going to wind up? Well, he's definitely going to, I mean, either opt out or sign an extension. I mean, so, uh, I mean, it depends. If it gets bad between them, he might opt out. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to say, Howard, because there's, there's already somebody out there that thinks that they could – you know, take a, he's a great talent. Yep. So maybe there he's a great talent. So maybe there's someone out there that thinks that they have a strong enough culture, you know, or whatever it is. But but uh, you know, I I, I, I mean, I kind of think he ends up back with the team. But what this showed yesterday and what they did, I do think they would not have done unless Kevin Durant 
kind of gave them the blessing to, to at least, you know, to say this because, you know, it's still Kevin's show. All right. They said they haven't talked to Kevin, but I mean, you know, I think Kevin was getting fed up with it. I mean, he had to see this is, this is a team that was supposed to win an NBA championship, according to Vegas at the beginning of the year, and they were swept. It's humiliating. It's, it's humiliating what happened to them. And Kevin is a winner. I mean, he, Katie was a winner. He wants to win and he's got to see that this hurt them. Well, he claims to be a martyr. <laughs> I, I looked up the word in the dictionary, a martyr. He doesn't fit the profile. I'm sorry to tell you that. He, he, may, he, may, yeah. con, he may consider himself a martyr, but he also consider himself part of the management team. Well, yeah, but it's very clear that they do not consider him to be a part of it. Yep. All right? And one of, one of the interesting things... He said he started, you know, when he was naming who would make one of the more interesting things he said, and I think this was addressing that in a backward way, was, you know, um, well, we're all going to sit down and look at this, you know, Kevin, uh, Joe, side the owner, uh, he included Steve, Steve Nash, uh, and I are going to all sit down and look at this. And, you know, so guess whose name wasn't mentioned in that? I mean, they're talking about the team going forward, not just, you know, I mean, all the decisions they make. But he said, I am the one that ultimately makes the decision, you know. So he's basically saying, dude, I'm the general manager, all right? Now, he did say, I make ultimately make the decision, you know, with input from everybody. I'm sure he's not going to do something the owner doesn't want. But I make it, and he said, and Kevin is aware of every decision before it's announced. But I'm the one that makes the decision. So I mean, I thought that was sort of interesting. But I, you know, who knows how how true it is? I, I mean, I think the biggest problem is they 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 back down they back down by letting him become a full time player. Right. You know, when things got crazy. So. What's to say, you know, they don't back down again? Again, I mean, or how do you get a commitment from this guy? How do you say, like, we we want you to play in every game where you're not injured? And that's basically what they want. I mean, and that is kind of a fair ask for someone you're playing oodles of money to, right? Right. So, I mean, play when you're available. And, you know, and I, I, I think we also want to somebody who, who has a – who wants to win? And I'm not sure I, I mean, that's his priority. I mean, I think he wants to win when he's on the court, but that's not his over priority. And he often tells the media, you know, you know, this is bigger than basketball. You know, this is, you know, he felt his stance on the, I mean, it, it, it might be, and, and he did sacrifice lots of money by not playing. All right. However, he hurt his team. He hurt his team and he hurt his teammates. He, he uh, missed 123 out of 226 games for a variety of reasons over the last three years. But it's not the only issue now. You've got to deal with uh, with some other issues. LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown's uh, unrestricted free agent, Patty Mills, Nick Clayton, or Nick Claxton, rather. So there's a lot of other issues that have to be decided. But we you remember when uh, Ime Udoko was on the Nets bench, well, the way that he took Steve Nash to school in the first round, you almost wonder if the Nets were saying maybe we had the wrong guy on the bench. Yeah, I mean, they, apparently they're going to. I mean, they're going to stay with Steve. I would not be surprised. I mean, they got to bring in like a defensive. Couple, they got to bring in some assistance. So I think you know they they they. But I mean, I I don't think they're going to get rid of Steve. 
So I mean, I, I've heard, you know, I, I, so I think I think he's there. I mean, to Steve's credit, now I'm not talking about a game coach, all right. But to his credit, you know, it's a weird song and dance being a coach nowadays, all right. Because especially with this team, what could be weirder than what went on with this team this year? You got all these egos and stuff to deal with, and I think he, you know, the Ben Simmons stuff. I think he did deal with the drama of it all fairly well. But, you know, as a game coach, I mean, if he had, you know, the assistance he had had the year before, he would have been fine, you know? I mean, I, I think maybe he needs, you know, he's, I don't want to say a figurehead, but he's like more of the, you know, the executive, he gets, he gets two people behind him. Barbara Barker of New York Newsday taking a bite of the Big Apple with Barbara Ben Simmons. Uh, he's supposed to leave. He's going to be ready for training camp. Yes, that's that's fine physically, but is he going to be ready to play basketball at a certain level? Uh, I highly doubt it. Uh, but you know they're talking about well, if you get the Ben Simmons you bargain for, you're going to get a guy who plays great defense, who can run the team, not a great shooter, but he 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 would be exactly what they need is the guy to really set the table. Now you've got you got to deal with that, and man alive, I didn't I don't know who's got more issues to deal with the, the Nets or the Knicks. <laughs> well, I still think the Knicks, all right, but I mean, but but the Nets have a different level of issues. Uh, I mean, um, the whole Ben Simmons thing. I mean, I think they think. Well, I they hope because I mean, if you, let's take a bet back further i mean this all comes back to i think the biggest maybe mistake you know mark's made is you know i would have you know you you have to bring in Kyrie and you have to bring in kd when they want to come to the team but you know they gambled by adding harden last year all right because you know getting rid of jared allen karis LeVert, you know a bunch of first round picks you know and then they get Harden, who maybe it should have been predictable that he was going to want to go someplace else, right? And now he has, I mean, they had to get rid of him because he didn't want to be there. And now what they've ended up with is Ben Simmons. So they got to talk Ben up because, in essence, they lost Jared and Karis LeVert and all these first round picks for Ben, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who is damaged physically. I mean, you know. Apparently that's going to be okay, although back issues are tricky, right? And the mental part, I think, remains to be seen. I do think that this is a better situation for him. I mean, we're seeing, you know, down with the – there's a lot of weird things going on in Philly, and maybe not a lot of people would fit down there. I mean, we're seeing sometimes, you know, I don't don't know. And and I also think this is a – place where you know he maybe is a little bit more comfortable because you know you've got patty mills here who we grew up with i don't know if Patty's gonna be here next year but uh, i mean and you know uh sean is from that area of the world and you know i, I think maybe there the culture i hate that word the culture might be a little better than where he was so i don't know we'll see i mean you know at his best He's, he's a good player, you know. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Seth Curry's going to have to have a procedure. Doesn't appear to be too serious. Um, what about Drummond? Where does he fit into all of this? 
Yeah, I don't know if he's back. All right, it, I think it just depends. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's back. I mean, he 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 is kind of a liability on defense. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, really was you know rebounders. I, I don't, I I don't know if he fits or not. That remains to be seen. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I guess you saw last night's uh, Boston Milwaukee game. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, I did. Yeah. You you blow a fourteen point lead in that game. You had the Bucks on the ropes. You let them up. Yeah. Uh, I think. I mean, they're going to go back to Milwaukee. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, this series is over. Yeah, I think maybe that's where, like, being a defending champion, you know versus a, a young team, which is a really good young team, all right? But a young team that has come together. I think that, I mean, just with Drew Holiday, some of the plays he made down the stretch, you know, yep. of that game. And, I mean, and, and Giannis is a, just a tremendous player. What do you have, 40, right? So, I mean, some. I think some of that is just being somebody who's been there, to, I mean, a team that's been there before, before and just knows they have to do something, you know, I, I think. I mean, that was... You know, and 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 but Boston did look just like I don't want to say confused, but it was. I mean, you know, that's that's that is that is that is a bit of collapse. I mean, both both these Eastern Conference series, I mean, I, I are are great. I mean, you know, I mean, I I, I really liked both of them. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me. Uh, you you see the way things are right now, and and. The, the playoffs, what they what they're supposed to be, it's unpredictable in a lot of ways. But I gotta say, the officials are letting them play like I've never seen before. Yeah, well, I've seen, we've seen it, we've seen it before, but you haven't seen it in years. I think you know. I mean, you know, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, of I mean, the nineties, right? Yeah. Or I, I, yeah, I mean, it it is there. They they are definitely they are de- it's definitely a lot more physical. I don't know if that's a response to. People just getting tired of you know things being a three point shootout. You know everything comes in. You know things come in style in the NBA and then go out of style. You know and these types of things change. I mean, what's definitely in style now is uh, you know building your team like Boston does or Memphis does. You know building a team with draft picks and guys who stay around and that. You know as opposed to like uh, you know what you know what's going on in LA and. Um, you know, L.A. and uh, Brooklyn. So it's just, it's just different things that are going out. How about uh, without John Morant, Memphis puts a beating? <laughs> it, that was that was. I mean, at a time where you thought, yeah, I, I mean that that it, that was kind of shocking, actually. I mean, I don't think they're going to merge out of that series, but I mean, that was. I, I think that I I, I think you know. I, I think they just weren't ready to go. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Hey, let me, before I let you go, uh, you expect to hear from Kevin Durant? To hear from Kevin Durant, like calling me? or No, no, no. No, I mean, go? do you expect him to make, uh, you know, somebody, is, do you think, I don't expect he's going to appear in, in, at a press briefing. Oh, no, I do not. No, I don't expect to see Kevin Durant until uh you know sometime in the preseason next year you know i do not think he will be at i mean well unless he does some kind of commercial thing or something like that you know but um or you know maybe he'd make i don't know if he makes sometimes he makes an uh appearance in vegas um 
but uh, no, I mean, he might, you know, where you would hear from Kevin Durant is on his, uh, on his Twitter feed. Yeah. So, but, seriously. So, I mean, yeah, where he, where he might weigh in on that, but I, I, I think, you know, they got a lot of decisions to make this yep. offseason. No question. Bob, always great talking to you. I appreciate your time. Thanks a million. Thanks, and Howard. You stay Please. safe. Great day. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Barbara Barker of New York Newsday taking a bite of the Big Apple with Barbara, who follows the Nets on a day-in, day-out basis. It's, um, I love it when Kyrie Irving calls himself a martyr. It's a pain in the butt. Can I be frank? Can I, as Chandler would say in Friends, can I be more direct? I mean, come on. Give me a break. If he wasn't as talented as he is, they wouldn't even be messing around. It's because he's this talented. That was, he's dishing out all this crapola. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Gonna go talk a little football now. Hello, Howard. How are you? Hello, Paul. It's Paul Schwartz from the New York Post, covers the uh, Giants. I, uh, it's amazing that after the draft, the lingering effect of the draft, particularly in New York, with what the Giants did and the Jets did, that conversation just isn't going away. Well, it won't go away for a while, Howard, and it's good to hear from you. Um, um, look, when you have four picks like New York teams had in the top ten, the Giants had five and seven, the Jets had four and ten, you know, you're getting... Ten of the best prospects um, in the draft. The New York is getting four of them, right? And um, so that's what happened. Neither team traded back or traded up. They sat there. Uh, the Jets got uh, probably or arguably the best cornerback in the draft and one of the best receivers in the draft. The Giants got one of the best pass rushers in the draft and one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. So what that goes to show is that when your team is lousy, you get good draft picks. And when you get good draft picks... You should draft high prospects. So that's what both New York teams did this year. Yeah, well, they actually did trade. The Jets did dra uh, trade back to get uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, the edge rusher. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I thought, I don't know how you feel about this. I thought the Jets at four were going to take uh, 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 Thibodeau, the one who the Giants picked in the very next pick. Yeah, I did not. Um, I did not think that. Um, um, I thought they might go for an offensive lineman, although our um, um, our Jets rider, Brian Costello, uh, we talked uh, a lot before the draft, and he was pretty confident the Giants were not going offensive line at number four. He thought it was going to be Sauce Gardner all the way, but um, I, I heard that the Jets were not as high on Thibodeau as the Giants were, and hmm. um, as it turned out, that was correct. Uh, he's, um, he's made quite a splash early on, Thibodeau. Personable, uh, outgoing, uh, you know, if he backs up his uh, personality with some outstanding play, the Giants got themselves a find. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was at this time last year, Howard, he was the number one prospect considered, um, you know, going into the 2022 season. He was a huge star in high school coming out of South Central Los Angeles. Uh, he was a star at Oregon. You know, so this guy has been on the radar, um, NFL, college for, for a long time, um, you know, uh, a name everyone knew, the number five at, uh, in those fancy, flashy, gaudy Oregon uniforms. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a big personality. You're right. He, he's got a lot to say. He's a sharp guy. He's, um, 
you know, interested in building a brand. He's, you know, he, he's built a relationship with Michael Strahan already and has spoken of, you know, really using him as a mentor. Now, um, he spoke to Michael Strahan and Michael Strahan told him, you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And the reason why Strahan got all these opportunities was because, first and foremost, he was a great player, a Hall of Fame player. So, um, you know, hopefully Thibodeau realizes that, understands that. Uh, he's a very good prospect. He's a natural pass rusher. Uh, he could be a real impact player for the Giants. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot there with him. He's got to, um, as Strahan said, keep the main thing the main thing and concentrate on being a great football player first and then uh, seeing what comes after that. Taking a bite of the Big Apple with uh, Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. Uh, before the draft, the Giants made news by declining to pick up the option, the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't think anybody was surprised by that. No, no, definitely not. Uh, there's really no reason to pick up the option. The only reason you want to pick up that option, which would have been for $21 million, $22 million, is if you look at Daniel Jones and say, you know what, he's fragile, and if we don't pick up this option, he's going to go in the tank this year. Well, if that's what you feel, then he can't be your quarterback anyway. So Daniel Jones knew it was coming. He will play out his contract, his rookie deal. Um, it's really only an $8 million gamble, and I don't even think it's a gamble for the Giants because – the, sal- the, the um, franchise tag for 2023 for quarterbacks will be about $30 million. The fifth-year option number would have been $22 million. So if the Giants could have secured him for 2023 for $22 million, if he plays great and, and they can't come to an agreement on a long-term deal with him, they have to franchise him for $30 million. So there's an $8 million gap there that they could have saved if they just you know secured his contract with the fifth-year option this year. Well... There's a couple of things with that. If he plays well enough, well, well, well they think he's definitely our quarterback. They'll come to a long-term deal with him because um, he'll want to stay here. They'll want to keep him here, and it'll work out. And if by some chance it doesn't, they'll just franchise tag him, and uh, it's $8 million that um, they could have saved that they didn't. Uh, they will gladly trade that for a guy if they know that he is our guy and we love him. Um, so this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones, no question about it. The uh, Giants cut James Bradbury, their cornerback, uh, which is interesting because if the Giants are thin in one particular position, it is indeed cornerback. Yeah, well, this it goes to show you this was this, they're cutting a contract, not the player. Right. They like the they like the player a lot. He's a good player. Now, now I, I'm not sure if if Wink Martindale thinks he is the perfect scheme fit to play, you know, press man coverage, maybe um, they look at Bradbury and say, well, he doesn't exactly have the speed we need for that position, but he's better than anyone they have right now. Um, Adoree Jackson's the other starter. He's faster than um, James Bradbury, but he's not as accomplished a player, certainly. So uh, um, there's nobody in the Giants front office or coaching staff who will say we're a better team without James Bradbury, but financially they're in better shape with the $10 million they get for cutting him, that means um, without that, Howard, they could not sign their draft picks. The draft picks are going to take close to $13 million to sign. Don't forget, they have 11 draft picks, and two of them are in the top seven picks. Those two picks, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, will cost them more than $10 million on the cap to sign because they're such you know high up in the uh, draft order. So they needed the money. You know, This was not a contract that Joe Shane, the new Giants general manager, gave up. This is a, a contract that Dave Gettleman, the former Giants GM, paid out. So this is not on Shane. He's really kind of dealing with the sins of the past and trying to correct them. And he was adamant about not 
taking a lot of guys and extending their contracts and pushing that cap hit into pre- next year's. Uh, he wants to have his own team with his own cap. And so uh, this was uh, coming. They really tried to trade him. Teams are not stupid. They realize that they um, Giants were probably going to cut him and you could get him for no compensation. Also, the teams that, that uh, Joe Shane said, he had two deals that were pretty much worked out, but it was contingent on these teams signing James Bradbury to a long-term extension, and that could not be worked out. Uh, Kadarius Tony, There was rumors uh, maybe a week or two ago about the Giants may want to move him. Is that still on the table, or has that gone away? Uh, there wasn't much there to that, Howard. Uh, they would listen to deals for him. They don't want to trade him. He's cheap labor. He's a, um, a former first-round pick last year, so he does not make a ton of money. Uh, now, they did draft in the second round Wondell Robinson, who's yep. a 5'8 receiver, mm-hmm. but they're not the same player. Care Darius Tony is really a... He is a starting receiver. He can play outside. He can play inside. Uh, I don't think Wondell Robinson is that. He Actually, Wondell Robinson started his career at Nebraska and played a lot of running back. He played in the backfield and then uh, caught 100 passes last year for Kentucky. So he's more of a gadget guy, more of a um, you know throw the pass out of the backfield. Uh, Kadarius Tony's more of a, a straight-line receiver. Um, so, no, they want him, uh, you know, Brian Dable, the new coach, has plans for him. Uh, they like to spread the field. They like to um, throw the ball a lot. So, uh, no, they want him. Now they just got to get uh, keep him healthy and get the best out of him. Well, they, they set their sights on getting an offensive lineman, and they, they, they take uh, uh, Evan Neal out of Alabama. You can't go wrong when you draft an Alabama player, not in these, not in this, these times. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Howard. You can't go wrong when you take a look at this guy. I mean, I stood five feet from him at the uh, scouting combine for an hour and listened to him talk. He is almost six foot eight, and wow. he looks lean. He looks lean. He's six seven, uh, you know, and a half. He looks lean, and he weighs three thirty. I believe he showed up with the Giants for. So, um, if you look lean at three thirty, then 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 your body's pretty good, right? You yeah. not look sloppy. You know, some of these offensive linemen are good players but they're sloppy looking. This guy is not sloppy looking at all. You know, he showed up at Alabama. He weighed about 390 early in his career. So he's really slimmed down. He's eat, eating better. Um, he, he has played right tackle as a starter. He has played left tackle as a starter. He's played guard as a starter for Alabama. So he's got versatility. If you drafted him and said, we need a left tackle, you could instantly plug him in at left tackle. Uh, the Giants need him as a right tackle because they have Andrew Thomas at, at left tackle, and he has played right tackle. It's not a, not a foreign spot for him. And and what I don't like, Howard, is when you draft a guy high in the draft and you say, you know what, we're going to make him this. We're going to convert. We think he can convert to this. That high in the draft, you should not be converting players. So they're not converting him to right tackle, a place he's never played. He's played there. Um, I think he's a very safe pick. He is. Um, ne- he missed one game in, in his college career. I think that was um, COVID-related. So he's very sturdy, very durable. Uh, all business. You know, he doesn't light up the room like Kayvon Thibodeau does, um, but he may light up the, um, the uh, film room with the way he uh, pancakes guys. So uh, a very natural, safe pick for the Giants at number seven. Taking a bite of the Big Apple with Paul Schwartz of the New York Post covering the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley. We've seen his best, uh, and I think I mentioned this to you once, in talking to Bill Parcells, I said, what does Saquon Barkley have to do to become an elite back? And he said, run between the tackles. Well, the Giants' offensive line did not lend that to Saquon Barkley. Uh, Is he going to change his style, or is he going to remain an outside runner? 
Well, I think he's going to do what what fits him best. You know, he 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 could run the ball between the tackles as as a, as a rookie. You know, he had thir- uh, what thirteen hundred yards as a rookie. Right now, but you know, he likes to bust it outside. There's no question. He's not a grinder. You know, I get that. You know, he's not. Um, um, you know, some of these other running backs who, who, who are just beasts in the middle of the field, um, you know, between the tackles, but he can do it. Uh, he's got, you know, huge legs. We know he's a big, strong guy. Um, the offensive line will be better. I don't think it'll be a top 10 offensive line in the league, but it'll be better. It just can't be a bottom five offensive line. You know, if it's a mid-level offensive line, um, they'll get the ball uh, in, in Brian Dable's scheme. They'll get the ball out of uh, – Daniel Jones's hands faster, I believe. Um, they'll be able to, uh, you know, get it to Tony, get it to Wandale Robinson, get it to Barkley. Um, you know, you know, Kenny Galladay and and Tony are guys who did not catch touchdown passes last year. Um, they still don't have a, a a really credible tight end threat. I think that's an issue, but uh, they'll try to work around that as best they can. Uh, so, uh, you know, Barkley is another guy. He, he's going into the last year of his contract. Uh, this is the fifth year option for him. It costs seven million dollars for the Giants. It's not crazy money. And, um, you know, it is to be determined what 2023 brings for Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, we'll see what the numbers and the games played and all that uh, plays into the fact um, it could be his last year. Certainly, uh, the Giants would hope to have a hard decision on him after this year because Saquon plays so well. That remains to be seen. Uh, the Eagles uh, came out of this draft. Everybody's raving about the Eagles, Baltimore, uh, even the Jets uh, in terms of the draft picks they made to the point of where Philadelphia's now projected to be the team that will unseat Dallas on top of the NFC East. Do you agree? Um, I don't. I don't. I like the um, the Cowboys quarterback um, better than any quarterback in the division right now. So I, you know, that's not a that's not a difficult way to to, to judge a team. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts might be a really good quarterback. He might be. We'll see. Um, the Cowboys have a really good quarterback. We know that. Um, now the Cowboys might be kind of. Um, not that they've peaked, certainly, but, you know, they might be kind of, you know, dipping down a little bit. But, um, you know, they're always um, – the Cowboys have a lot of talent. Uh, their defense has is, is gotten good. So, you know, there, there's a lot there to like. Um, I, I think if I would have to pick right now, I'd pick the Cowboys 1, Eagles 2, um, probably the Commanders 3 and the Giants 4 right now. You know, that's right now. Um, the Giants are a better team, but it, it, it's, it's – um, you know, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. That's all there is to it. The schedule is going to be what the schedule is going to be. I believe they open up in, in Tennessee. That's a hard game. Mm-hmm. The Giants haven't been one and zero until um, since 2016. You know, it seems like every year. Uh, I know one Giants fan who I know very well. He's a huge Giant fan. He just said to me, "Can we just be one and zero? You know, after one week, can we just can we just be one and zero? You know, and be a winning team, and and then whatever happens happens. You know, instead of zero and one, it's always zero and one." Um, yeah, and it's almost always 0-2. So, um, um, no, I, I still like the Cowboys, but I see where people are coming from with the Eagles. I do. Let me ask you this, Paul. I'm talking with Paul Schwartz of uh, the New York Post. They won four games last year. Can you measure whether or not they've improved dramatically strictly in ones, wins and losses, or is it more than that? Well, look, wins and losses, they've only won four games. It's a 17-game schedule now. So if you don't win four games, you're pretty bad. I mean, you know, can the Giants win two or three games and say they got a lot better? No, they absolutely cannot. Um, You know, the bar is set very low here. Uh, You can't win four games. Let's say they match last year's win total. You can't win four games and say, well, we're appreciably better. How? How is that possible? Um, You know, put it this way, Howard. 
if they win four or five games, is it possible that Daniel Jones has a really good year? No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. He can have a really good year and they only win four games. Uh, will their defense be the worst defense in the league? Uh, so, so no, uh, that doesn't mean they have to win 10 games this year or, or eight or, or nine, things like that. But to be better, you have to play better. You have to win more games. The bar is so low with four that if the Giants win three, four, five games, um, I don't see how an argument can be made that they're appreciably better. If you went up to the average Jet fan and said to him, tell me Sauce Gardner's given first name, do you think they would tell you? The average Jet fan, um, I would say more than half the people would say no. Would not know it. Would not know it. It's gonna, I know it. Yeah, they it, don't know it. No, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, look, I... Uh, it's been this is the first draft that I can remember in recent memory where Jet fans did not boo their selections. So I mean, we don't look. Everybody says that the draft's a crapshoot, and I agree. But you can't judge the draft two weeks, three weeks, six months after the draft. It's going to take two or three years. You know that. It usually does. I wrote. Um, we have a, um, a a subscription service, Post Sports Plus, where. You know, really, fans who are really into it can pay very nominal fees and get a lot extra coverage. I wrote for the Giants newsletter for Post Sports Plus this week that, look, this draft is over. We'll see how it turns out. We won't know much by the end of the year. You know, we'll, we'll know some things, but not enough. But, you know, you have to look at the previous draft. And, and I think one of the real marching orders for, for this new regime, coaching regime, is to get a, more out of the 2021 class. You know what I mean? Yep. It's kind of a forgotten class. Kadarius Tony, um, we talk about him. You know, this this is a year, you know, this new coaching staff can do great things with him. Aziz Ojolari had eight sacks, uh, led the team in sacks. You know, he, he looks like a very promising player. But Aaron Robinson, who might be the starting cornerback without Bradbury, he was hurt most of the year. Um, Ellison Smith, a uh, possible edge rush guy, he was hurt most of the year. Um, Rodarius Williams, a cornerback who was playing a little bit, was hurt most of the year. So, you know, let's not forget, they just drafted these guys last year. If they can pick these guys up and these guys can be good players, then they have almost like a second draft class. So you're right. These, these, you know, it takes time with guys. Some guys it takes uh, very little time. Some guys it takes too much time. But um, we'll see if this coaching staff can develop players better than the previous coaching staff have. Well, a lot of decisions have to be made, and you got a lot of time. So, what do you do now during this time of the year? I mean, you get you see if you can sharpen up your golf game. Nope. Uh, look, I mean, there's a rookie mini camp oh, right. tomorrow. Right. Right. There's right. A, so, so the next two days, I'll be at the Giants facility. I'll be watching these rookies. The rookies, uh, the undrafted uh, guys they signed, all these rookie draft picks will be there. So, you know, that's something. Uh, there's OTA OTA access. Um, you know, once a week or so, I'll be doing that. And the Giants have a mini camp, a, a mandatory mini camp, uh, the the uh, second week of June, seven, eight, and nine. You know, and and that's everybody there. It's mandatory. It's the rookies. It's it's the, it's the veterans. It's everybody. You know, that that's like you know, almost like training camp, except uh, you know, they don't hit with, without shoulder pads. So, um, you know, there's still football. Uh, the real, the real. You know, by mid June. And um, the first few weeks of July is the real, real empty period for the NFL, and certainly for the Giants because they're they're 
mandatory meeting camps maybe a week earlier than others. So that's when I don't golf. I have to admit that, but that's when there's vacations and there's quiet time and, you know, there's not a lot of stuff going on, but there's still stuff, you know, don't forget they haven't signed their draft picks yet. They got to do that. Um, They'll be signing other people. There's, there's, um, you know, after this rookie mini camp, they'll be cutting people and signing people that made an impression on them. So there's always, there's always football, right? We got the draft. We got, we got the, um, the announcement of the, um, you know, Thursday today is the, is the announcement of the uh, schedule. So right. that's always a big deal. Yep. yep. Hey, Paul, continue the great work, my man. You stay safe. All right, Howard. All the best. Take care. He's Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. Covers the Giants primarily. For that newspaper does a great job and doing it for a long time uh look we're very much into the baseball season and in the new york area the yankees are playing great they got the best record in baseball the mets are playing great they got the best record in their division you got the nba playoffs going on right now local teams obviously are out of it rangers kept their season going uh after the win last night over pittsburgh how much longer they can prolong the season is up to them and the goaltending that's been great all year. Keep this in mind. This is still a very young Ranger team. They're going to be good for a while. So, but we keep our eye on football because at the end of the day, a lot of people care about it. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live and a bite of the Big Apple and you stay safe.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.